Well, good morning. <clears throat> Hope you had a good week. I know you have if you're here this morning. The Lord has not let you get in the hospital or the morgue. And that's a blessing. And uh, it's good to be here this morning. My wife's not with us. I'm, uh, I miss her. And I uh, hope that the Lord will bless us today. And I guess according to what the pastor said, uh, Mary Jane's got a birthday today. Is that, is that right? Okay. Well, glad you spent your birthday in church and brought Jack with you. <laughs> That's good to have you all. I really mean that. All right. Uh, for a little while this morning, let's look at St. John chapter 14. St. John chapter 14. Good to have everybody. Hope and pray the Lord will continue to be with us. Uh, as brother, as our pastor said already more than once, let's be praying for our revival. We need a revival. You need to be revived. Now, uh, a lot of church members says, they got a thought in their mind that when we have a revival, we're wanting people to get saved, and that is right, but uh, the Bible says revive us again. So we need to be revived. Peter said, stirring up our pure minds. So we need our minds stirred up about the things of the Lord. And uh, I need my mind stirred up about Him. And I hope that, uh, I hope that you understand you do too. It's already been said. Uh, when we go out there in this wicked world and, and spend a while, even though your soul is saved, sometimes your flesh don't feel too saved. And uh, <laughs> uh, But uh, as Brother Chris said, uh, Paul told us, when I do good, evil is always present. And it is. And that's, uh, that's one of the things that Adam got us when he disobeyed God. And Paul said, by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin. So, sin's in the world. But uh, if you've been born again, uh, sin don't, does not have dominion over you. Amen. Now, I don't mean, don't mean you can't slip and fall. Now, not fall from grace, but fall from your steadfastness. That's where we fall from. All right. John chapter 14. And one of the, uh, one of the passages of Scripture we often hear at a funeral. And uh, uh, it's appropriate, I think, to talk about it all the time. But uh, it's some of the good promises of God that he's got for his people. And uh, it gives me encouragement to keep on going. Amen. Now, most of the time, when I've been uh, teaching Sunday school, and I've taught uh, this part of the book of John, uh, salvation has appeared as, as a spiritual new birth like Jesus told Nicodemus 
See, uh, the wind blows where it listeth. Cannot tell from where it goeth or where it's from. The wind is sovereign in its way. You can't, you can't keep the wind from blowing, and you can't make the wind blow. But you could get where it's blowing, and that's why you come to church, I hope, because we hope the wind's blowing here spiritually. All right. If I go back to chapter 13 and read verse 21, I'd like to do this to bring you up to the lesson today. <laughs> when Jesus has thus said, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. And, and we, if we skip on down to verse 37 of chapter 13, Peter said, Peter, Peter said unto him, Lord, why can't I follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. Jesus answered him, Wilt thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, The cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. Now, I want to read those verses to lead you up to what we want to talk about this morning. Under this under this situation, the Lord is beginning to prepare himself to go to the cross. And, and not only is he going to the cross, one of his disciples whom he's chosen is going to betray him. And he lets the, he lets the others know that. So, so we could kind of see where they begin to be in a lowly state of mind. Don't you think? When he began to say things like that, I mean, after all, they thought he had come to start the millennial reign. I mean, John the Baptist preached, repent you for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And a hand means it's, it's pretty close. And so that's what they thought. But when Jesus began to say things like this, Sorrow began to fill their hearts. See, and I understand that. I would have, I would, I would understand that had I been there. I would understand that kind of mindset for people. Then Jesus began to encourage them. He began to encourage them with what we're going to read in chapter 14. Then he said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Now, as I said a while ago, I have taught this lesson uh, and and the preachers have preached on it. Salvation is a spiritual gift. See, uh, uh, Lord told Nicodemus, uh, you must be born again. And Nicodemus said, you mean go, to the, go back to the nursery? And the Lord said, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the spiritual 
side of life. See? Now every man's got a soul. You got a soul, you got a spirit, and you got a body. See? And and so right now, right now, when you get saved, I'm talking about born again, your flesh don't get renewed. You look in the mirror and you still got what what you saw yesterday. But God renews your soul. It's within you. It's within you. That's the hope of glory. Christ in you. Isn't that what Paul said? But, But this morning, I want to lay before you, if I could, Jesus goes now in this passage that there is a tangible asset, if you will, that you can obtain when you get saved. It's not just I got saved and and I live in this world and I'm going to die and that's it. No, 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 no. 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 There are some things that's beyond the grave. And, and, And I take this passage as a great promise of God. See? And, and we read in here, I go to prepare a place for you. In my Father's house are many mansions. Now for a saved person that has grown in grace, the mansions and the street of gold is good, but that's not the best. The best thing is that we're going to be in the presence of the Lord. And where he is, that will make heaven for me. But there's some added benefits. When you go get a job, they talk to you about the, the salary. They talk to you about the, about the hours of work. And then you usually want to know, are there any added benefits? And, uh, well, yeah, we give you so many weeks a year of vacation and, and uh, uh, we give you some sick leave maybe and uh, uh, so on. That's called added benefits. Can I say to you this morning, if you'll get saved, there's lots of added benefits. Not only, not only does God give you a new body someday, not yet, but someday, See, one man taught one time, first time I heard it, it kind of floored me. He was preaching along, and he said, I'm just a third saved. And I thought about turning off the radio. Well, a third saved? Well, our Bible teaches us uh, uh, he saves to the uttermost. But he explained himself. He said, my soul is saved. And my body's going to be saved when the Lord comes. And right now I'm trying to save my mind. And I got thinking about that. And that's really the state we're in. Your, your flesh ain't saved. Your flesh is not saved. But if you get born again inwardly, it's going to be because God gave us a promise. Is it? Is it... Uh, uh, Philippians 3.21, he'll give us a body, Paul said, like unto Christ's glorious body. Are you, are you looking forward to that? 
Boy, that's a blessing by itself, isn't it? And then he's going to give you a mansion. Roy, I never have lived in a mansion. But I'm, but I'm going to. I'm going to. Now, I, I think, and I, and I say this in passing, this is probably not my lesson. You don't have to take it if you don't want to. I think he's talking about the mansions that he mentions in Revelation 21. You know, the, the, wall, the, the, the walls of Jasper and, and, and uh, you say, well, don't we go to millennial reign before then? Well, I believe we do. And, and I'm not saying that he wouldn't give us a mansion in the millennial reign, but, but they don't, the promise is not there. The promise is over yonder, I think. See, and uh, because if you go to Revelation 21, and you read where we're going to be with him forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. It's indescribably beautiful, indescribably valuable, and, and indescribably glorious the way the Bible describes it. And then Paul said, I have not seen ear hath not heard, neither had it entered into the mind of man what God has prepared for them that love him. Now what I'm trying to do this morning is make salvation attractive to you. See, God really does, and, and this, is, this is human terms, so you'd forgive me for using it, but I want to use it as an illustration. In our lifetime, God really does have a stick and a carrot. See? He does. You ever hear that word? Stick and a carrot? Uh, I think it had to do with a, a mule and no man couldn't get him to go so he'd beat on him. Then he finally got a carrot, put it on a string, stuck it out in front of him. I think that's the way the story I, I, I remember when I was a child. Somebody read that to me. Well, God if I could say that to you so I could explain what I mean. Okay? The stick is, if you don't get saved, there's a bad place waiting for you. Say, so, well, uh, is God mean? No, God's not mean. God is good. He loves you so much, He sent His only begotten Son to die for you on Calvary. Now, now tell me, tell me, isn't that love? Isn't that love? I mean, I mean, we we honor our heroes in America in wartime. We had we have we have had people to go to combat, and 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 especially the past wars, and those of you that's lived through. Uh, Desert Storm and whatever that other one was. That was bad. That was bad. But man, if you'd been here in World War II, you just dread to go to the mailbox if you got a loved one in combat. You dread to go to the mailbox. I, I was 11 years old when my dad got a telegram about my older brother. And, and I said all that to say this. He 
He was a hero from the standpoint of our nation. But, but his heroism does not compare to the heroism of Jesus Christ. Several reasons, several reasons. Number one, Jesus Christ was God in the flesh. Now, can you imagine God dying for me? Brother Chris alluded to some of that in his devotional this morning. God died for me? God died for you? God died for you? And, 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 and now he's got an offer to you. He offers you salvation. And, and I don't know why, and I heard preachers say this when I was lost, I don't know why people don't run to take the pardon. The Bible says he will abundantly pardon. You say, why do I need a pardon? Because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, I know most of us got a mindset. I, I, I said a bad word the other day. I think God will forget it. Read my lips. He won't forget it. He won't forget it. God has got a book of remembrance. See? And when we get to white throne judgment, we find a, a kind of unusual saying in there. And the books were opened. And another book, which is the book of life, was opened. And whosoever's name was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And I've had agnostics say, see there, I told you you taught a mean God. Well, wait a minute. God is just. God, he is so just, he sent his only son, as I've already said, to die for us. And all you got to do is believe it with all your heart. For by grace are you saved. That's not your grace. That's God's grace. Through faith. You say, well, Mr. Pollard, now explain that to me. You, when you hear the gospel, it bothers your heart. That's the Holy Spirit telling you you need something. And what you need to do is not laugh that off or go your way and say, I'll, do, I'll tend to it another day. You need to honor that by saying, here I am, Lord. Show me what I need. Now, one man said, well, the Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith. Mr. Pollard, I just don't think I've got the faith. I didn't have it either. But you know what I did? I asked God to give me some faith. As a, as a lost man, some fellers said, well, God won't hear lost people praying. Well, everybody saved he heard you praying when you was lost. Didn't he? If you got saved, didn't you pray? When you started praying, were you lost? You see what I mean? Now, God won't hear your foolishness, but when you got a true heart and an honest heart before God, God will hear you. Oh, God, give me faith to believe you. 
See? And so our lesson today is, in my father's house are many mansions. Who are they for? Who are they for? Who are they for? God don't need a mansion. He don't need a mansion. He's already got a mansion. See? If it were not so, I would have told you. In other words, he's saying, if there were no mansions, I would not say this. But there are mansions. They're eternal mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. Well, that's a blessing. He's preparing a mansion for me? That's right. He's preparing a mansion for me. See? Now, I know we kind of take it in our fleshly mind as bricks and mortar and stuff like that. But, but that mansion he describes in Revelation 21 don't have bricks and mortar. It's got, it's got precious stones and diamonds and many foundations and, and, and straight of gold, pure gold, clear as glass. I bet you some of y'all never have seen any pure gold, have you? I don't think I've ever seen any pure gold. But, but that's what we got. One preacher preached, when you, when you get over there, that great city, the cheapest thing there is gold. They pave streets with it over there. I wonder what, that's what we do with rocks down here, isn't it? You see what I mean? So in my father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. Now, Jesus was telling them that because it was the truth and he, he was wanting them to understand Although I'm going to Calvary, y'all don't know it yet, but all is not lost. In fact, he's going to send his writers to tell us, I had to go to the cross so you can have the mansion. See what he done? He not only only paid for your sins, like Brother Chris read us, cast your sins in the sea of forgetfulness. Boy, that's good enough for me. See? And, and as I say sometimes, the new covenant, the new covenant, I will remember their sins and their iniquities no more. One man said, and I believe it, God never has forgot anything but what he wanted to forget. And he wanted to forget what a sinner I used to be. And he wants to forget what a sinner you are. But you've got to trust him. You can't just, you know, and I'm glad you're here. And I'm your friend. And I love you as a person. But you can't just come and just sit on the church bench and just sit there and sit there and sit there. You need to move towards God. See? Now somebody said, well, are you trying to get us to come down front? I'm trying to get you to come down front if the Holy Spirit's leading you to. But if you just come down because I say to, it won't do you much good. But if you come down, I am a sinner. I believe Jesus Christ died for me and I believe he'll save my soul. Believe it. That's faith. See, that's faith. 
And then you fall under the category of the blessings of God. Not only do you get your sins forgiven, God guarantees you in this book a new body that's going to live forever and ever and ever. That's what the Bible says. See? Everlasting life. What does everlasting mean in the Bible? Well, I think it means about five million years. Really? Go look it up in the dictionary. See what it means. Forever and ever and ever with a new body. New body that can't catch cancer. A new body that can't catch a cold. That's pretty good stuff, isn't it? Ain't that what you want? It's what I want. And besides that, I'm mentioned. A straight of gold? I know some of you are looking kind of funny. It's in there. It's in there. Go read Revelation chapter 21. See if you don't see if you don't see that in there. See? Straight of pure gold. All right. And I go to prepare a place for you. That's, that's the reason it's there. He is getting it ready for his people. Okay? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. That's a promise. Like I said a while ago, I'm not trying to be talked down to you, and I don't mean that. But to me, if where he is, I'm going to be, that's going to be heaven to me. See, I know in our fleshly body, we don't feel worthy of that. But over there, you won't have your fleshly body. You'll have your new body. All right? Next verse said, And whither I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not where thou goest, or how can we know the way? Listen to this now. Listen carefully. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto God the Father but by me. That's the only way you can get there. You can hear these religionists holler, if my good outweighs my bad, let me, let me give you, let me give you a, a Bible fact. In the sight of God, my good deeds don't outweigh my bad deeds. In the sight of God, there's none good, no, not one. Not talking about when I see you. Not talking about when your daddy sees you. Talking about when God sees us. See? Neither is there salvation any other. There's none other name given under heaven. Among men whereby we may be saved. Only name. Only one. I know you can hear your TV preachers holler uh, prosperity gospel. If you're not making a thousand a week, you're not serving God. Don't you believe that junk? Yeah. 
Don't you believe that? You take the money out of that, they'd all fold up. Yeah, they would. Them, them TV evangelists got a jet, and their wife got a jet, airplane, and all that stuff, and they they trying to tell me they going to heaven. Well, I know better than that. You said, "Are you judging?" I'm. Uh, I'm letting the Bible judge. See what I mean? So don't let them give you. Don't let them convince you of some stuff that's wrong. When it comes to salvation, mankind does not have any good deeds. Jesus is the only one that had a good deed. See, Isaiah 53, when he saw the travail of his soul, he was satisfied. Now, physically speaking, I could go to a cross. They could nail my hands to a cross. But I don't have a righteous soul to give for you. Jesus did. A righteous soul on his soul. See, and, and they, they humiliated him and tortured him uh, as bad as the Gestapo did under Hitler's rule. But that wasn't the worst thing he suffered. Read my lips. The worst thing he suffered is when God punished him for my sins and your sin. And God did punish him for your sins. Therefore, you can get forgiveness because Jesus paid your debt. He paid it off in full. We sing a song sometimes, paid in full. See, that means you're a sinner. Jesus Christ died for you. If you believe in him savingly, you're completely innocent before God. Brother Chris said, he puts your sins, and he read it out of Scripture. Michael, wasn't it? Where our sins are put in the bottom of the sea of forgetfulness. Paul said to be remembered against us no more. Is that what you want? Is that what you want? You want your sins to be where God won't remember them anymore? I do. I do. And he promised that. So he went ahead here. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now get this. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If, I, if you let me reference you to John 8 and 24. John 8 and 24, we've already, we've already gone over this, but let me look at it. <clears throat> Jesus, uh, in verse 24 of John 8, I said therefore unto you that you shall die in your sins if, for if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. What does he mean by he there? He means the Savior. He means God's only begotten Son. If you believe not that I'm he, if you believe not that I'm the Savior, and when you come down this aisle, pour your heart out to God and surrender. Man said it's easy to get saved. No, it's easy to get what they got. 
When you surrender everything, God takes over, and that's what he wants. Now, you don't, may not understand it, but just trust it by faith. Think about this. If you trust Jesus Christ by faith, he's not going to do you bad. He's going to do you good immediately. And you can testify, my sins are gone. I feel different. And can I say this as your friend? If you're searching for God, don't quit till you get that. Because he's in the business of forgiving sins. Is that good? See? And he said over here, John chapter 8, If you believe not that I'm he, you shall die in your sins. And, and, and you don't want that. I don't want it for you. And you don't want it. And, and, and I, I, I hope that you can catch hold of that. And that you will understand that God is in the world today spiritually. And he is calling people unto him. And, and brother, our pastor has been teaching us on repentance on Wednesday nights. And repentance is surrender. Just surrender. A lot of people, I've, I've heard a few people say, I'm afraid. Don't be afraid. What would you, why would you be afraid to trust Jesus Christ? See? I'm afraid of what he might require. He said, come unto me, all you that are laboring or heavy laden, and I will give you rest. My yoke is easy and my burdens light. Now, you Christians in here, have you found that to be right in your, in your life? You got any heavy burdens because of Lord? Huh? Oh, yeah, no, he's going to... Re- He's going he's to want you to serve him. But it's not, it's not a burden. It's not a burden. His burden is light. So we see here that, that Jesus is, uh, is giving people encouragement. Encouragement. I know if you watch the news, and I don't watch much of it, it's pretty depressing. Well, that's what these disciples were going through. They were going through a depression. But Jesus had an answer, and he's got an answer for me and you too. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many mansions. Man, that was, that was to perk them up. And I hope it's to perk you up. See what I mean? So, So my lesson this morning was that God has not only got for you eternal life, but he's got some tangible, he's got some tangible things waiting for us. I mean, I mean a mansion. When you get over there, you can see it. When you get over there, you can live in it. When you get over there, there'll be no sin. When you get to Revelation 21, there's not any sin left. God's got rid of all of it. See, if you're a Christian, God gives you a new body, you won't be bothered with any temptations whatsoever anymore. I know it don't sound don't sound right to your flesh, 
You say, well, Mr. Pollard, in Revelation 21, what are we going to be doing? We're not going to be lazing around. We're going to be in perfect harmony of worship all the time. And you'll never get tired. That don't make sense to your flesh. But the Bible declares that. And so we will do that. And so I want to tell you this morning about some tangible things that God has got for them that love Him. It's, it's real. It's real. Most people in America, hang on now a minute, most people in America thinks religion is a myth. Oh, they dabble in it because they've been told, oh, you better be good. The devil will get you. You better be good. When God looks down on us, there is no goodness about us. But yet he loved us. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, not only gave him to come down here, but to die for us, as I've already said. And so I just wanted to say those few things this morning. Hope and pray that it'll be a lift for you Christians. You know, your, your faith is not in vain. You got some good things waiting. So stay in there. And I think that's what the Lord's message was to his apostles right here. All right, my time is out. Thank you for listening to me. Hope and pray that God will bless you and everything that I say, I want to say it for the glory of God because I know that my, I know my words will not move you, but I pray that his word by the Holy Ghost will move you to look for him. Search for him. Find him. All right?